previously on the National Lifestyles podcast. Okay, so if I want to gamify things, then I need to have scores. I need to give myself points. I need to give myself achievable benchmarks that make me feel like I'm improving. And so if I do that simple exercise of walking down the street with my head held high, making eye contact with every single person that walks by, reaching out, and what do I get from that? I get instant levels of self-confidence boost. I get much more self-awareness and, and presence in the moment. I'm not saying that this is a flawless kind of map or mindset to be working with, and I certainly wouldn't be suggesting that like for the rest of your life, you try to gamify every single thing that you do and you putting point systems or whatever along the way, because that can certainly take out some of the spontaneity and fun and humanity of life. But I think it's a really effective strategy to put over, particularly when we're trying to learn a new skill set or trying to embody a new type of lifestyle, where there are a bunch of whole bunch of metrics that we can measure. There are systematic ways that we can go through things. There are levels and rewards, and, there, and then there are losses as well. Welcome to the Natural Lifestyles Podcast with your hosts, James Marshall and Liam McRae, where we will be diving deep into the issues of modern masculinity, seduction, dating, lifestyle design, sexuality, psychedelics, you name it. This is the Natural Lifestyles Podcast. But if we overlay this map, for some time anyway, like I, I do not think about seduction in these terms, right? I don't need a point system to motivate myself because I've done it so much and it's so kind of second nature to me that it's just like, okay, see a girl, feel my feet, go and talk to her, and, and that works. But, you know, along the way, in the early days, I was taking much more meticulous notes. I was really looking at that, like, hey, within the approach, why does it keep falling apart at this point? What am I... And then I, you know, I would start to dissect it. I would go and seek mentors or assistance from my fellow uh, PUAs and nut through it and then break through that barrier, right? Like I remember one particularly, which was I, I kept on having a sticking point where I would be on my first date with a girl, that's the shape of the first date, by the way. I was on the first date with a girl and I kept on ending up at the end of the date having not kissed her and then like saying, oh, can I give you a good night kiss? And sometimes the girl would say, okay. And sometimes she'd say, oh, I've got herpes. <laughs> uh, and that wasn't working. I'm like, okay, what the fuck's happening here? And then I, and I you know, dissected it and I'm like, well, it's kind of obvious. It's like I'm trying to kiss her at the most predictable point it's, it's almost like I'm looking like for my reward for the date. It's like, okay, well, I did the two hours of conversation. Can I have my little smooch now? Uh, that doesn't seem so sexy. How can we adjust this? You know what I think I should do? I should try and kiss the girl within 30 minutes for the next 10 dates, right? Because I had a series of the, these dates in a row where I kept on ending up the doorstep and going, oh, no, here we are again. So what did I do? I instituted that game. I was like, all right, cool. 30 minutes on the clock, I go and meet the girl, and I, and I made it a rule. And there was a bunch of times where it was a bit too early, for sure, and the girl was like, whoa, buddy. But almost all the time it worked, right? Because the girl had agreed to come on the date with me. She was attracted to me enough to be there. And she was, why was she there? To see, like, to see if she feels chemistry enough for us to become physically intimate. I would say that's most of the reason why women go on dates, unless they're trying to use you for free food or something. But that's what she's doing. It's an interview for sex. Right? So how does she know that I can have the capability of doing this? How does she know that I'm going to be able to pull the trigger, that I'm going to make a move? And of course, be able to be responsive to her move if she turns her head. How am I going to deal with that? And so I started to implement that, do it within 30 minutes. So I'd go and have a drink with the girl and then I'd start doing, and I'd lean in and try and kiss her. And once I'd done that a bunch of times, it was, it was pretty much hardwired into me. I knew that I could um, bridge this physical gap and that you know, I had the confidence to make that move and to do it early enough that it wasn't a cliche or it wasn't, it wasn't 
the classic North American dating model of, you know, first date, kiss on the cheek, second date, make out on the couch with a bit of a boob squeeze and third date, maybe sex or whatever. No, it was spontaneous and fun and exciting. And so I'd embedded that particular skill set in me by gamifying it for a small period of time. Now, I don't think like that anymore, right? I don't, I don't set, the, set the alarm and go, okay, 30 minutes on the clock, that's the rule. No, that was an experiment of overlaying a kind of point system or a, or a game to this to get a particular result, once I'd installed, installed the result and it was second nature to me, then I could throw away the tool, right? Or throw away the map. And so now it's the, I just know that when I'm on a date with a girl, that as soon as I get the dreamy eyes from her and I start projecting some sexual intent and there's like kind of a little bit of a lull in the conversation, maybe, maybe she looks at my lips or gives me one of those singles or maybe she doesn't, as long as she's not this, like, <laughs> you know, she's kind of looking at me and maybe she gets a little blush or her pupil, expands a little bit or something, I'm just going to go in and go for it. And as a result, I never, I never have situations where I'm in now at the end of the day going, oh, dude, what the fuck? Why did you not pull the trigger on that? Being able to pull the trigger allows me to reach a beautiful place, which is the one of being rejected or being encouraged and accepted. And this is a kind of final point I want to look at today in terms of our gamification. As I mentioned before, kind of obviously, the reason why it's much easier or much safer or more comfortable to play video games or deal with uh, porn or OnlyFans girls than it is to do this in real life is because of this sense of, of rejection. What I want to emphasize to you here is that failure and rejection is your friend. It's something that you should be seeking out, right? Because like in the same way, like if I played a video game where, you know, I just walked around and I had a big machine gun and, ev and everyone else in the video game, it was just all bunnies. It was just called Bunny Massacre 2. It was so popular, they made a second one. You just walk around just mowing down bunnies. Kind of sounds fun, actually. I can't, can someone please make that game? Because that's a game I could get behind. Just killing bunnies. That's a Gatling gun, by the way. Okay, so, fuck, it sounds really cool, actually. <laughs> Let's say, okay, you go and you play your bunny game and you get to slaughter a bunch of bunnies, Watership Down style, for a while. And then, uh, and then what? Right, that's going to be a game that's going to get pretty boring pretty fast because it's very easy. There is no challenge. There is no opposition. Nobody can beat you. Right, so that's that's the equivalent of like, okay, so I I, I walk around the world and and every single girl jumps on me as that I walk down the street. Not realistic, and not particularly challenging. Although that would be awesome too. Now I'm just having to rethink everything. Rejection. See it like it's the big boss at the end of the level. See it as that's the challenge. That's the part where ah oh, fuck I keep getting shot by that sniper up there, right? So I have to work around this. I'm not being rejected as a human being. I'm not a failure as a human being. I'm just taking a move, seeing what the response is, and the rejection is awesome, right? I, I guarantee I have been rejected thousands of times more than you will ever approach, right? And, and not just with women, but in all sorts of situations, like being a musician, trying to like get my band on stage somewhere. We got rejected 20 times uh, before we would get one gig, you know? like. I went through the grind of many years of going out over and over and over and over again, meeting hundreds and thousands actually of women, and I haven't had sex with thousands of women. Most of them rejected me, and that's awesome. It's, it really is a, a gift. We, en masse today, modern men, are really terrified of in-person rejections. And we found this interface of the internet, basically, where we can stay at arm's length or more away from the direct rejection, people can flake, people can fade out on each other, people can send kind of like, oh yeah, I'd love to man, but I'm something, texts. And so we get, we can get rejected very commonly, and we do, like we get rejected by friends often, right? People flake on each other way more than they used to back in the day. 
And so, but we don't, we don't perceive that as a major rejection because it, we didn't have to deal with it face to face. But as a result, we didn't get the benefits of being rejected. Right? The benefits of being rejected is feedback. Right? It's showing you the realities of life, which are that you do not get everything you want the first time that you try. That it shows you the value of perseverance, of commitment to something. And when you get those wins, they're real wins. Right? It's not points on a screen, it's real life change in yourself. And of course, down the track, sooner or later, it's the real world results of having the women that you want in your life. And in time, rejection actually teaches you to love yourself more, believe it or not, depending on how you interpret it. Right? Because if I try to interpret rejections or failures as feedback, right, as an opportunity to grow and learn, as a gift because it's shut one door, which means I need to go and find other doors to open. I think that's an important way to look at it. It's like if each step that I took in my life, I just knocked on the door, they said, come in, I went there and I just went from one to the other to the other. I wouldn't actually figure out what I really wanted in life or what I was really good at, what I was really meant to do. And through, you know, throughout many periods in history, people pretty much did that. They just, you know, followed the status quo or allocated a job or, you know, they just did what their parents did. And so everything was kind of predictable and they never really got to see who they could be if they took big chances, right? If they took risks. And the risk again, like in this game that we're playing, the social game, it's not like skydiving or what's that thing where they do the wings, the wingsuits where people just smash into shit. It's not, it's not risky to your life and limb. It's only risky to your ego. And your ego can take infinite numbers of shots, actually, as long as we just welcome it, eat the cringe, take the L's, and get some, and from that, develop aspects of your character, which are, over time, incredibly attractive and incredibly flexible, right? Because if I can take hits and not be destroyed, that makes me incredibly powerful. If I can make fun of myself, you know, I don't take myself so seriously, I'm not arrogant, I don't need to prove myself all the time. You know, I can, I can go over there and trip over and fart and have people laugh at me and still be okay, right? And to be able to laugh at myself and go, ha ha, for all my elegance and uh, eloquence, I'm uh, just a dork like you guys, right? It's totally fine. It humanizes you to yourself and to the other. It makes women feel really comfortable around you. It's really disconcerting for a woman to be around a man who needs to make sure that everything is perfect and he's winning all the time. It's stressful, right? Because inevitably he's not going to be able to. And so when he, when he has losses, then he tries to cover them up or blame somebody else and has reactive behaviors. The man that is at ease with himself is at ease with his failures, is at ease with the areas that he needs to improve. It doesn't mean you, don't, you stop and you stagnate, but it means you have to be able to accept that this is as good as I'm going to be right now today. What can I do from this position? If it's in the seduction world and I'm having a bad day and I'm feeling weird and grumpy and I don't want to do it, but I know that if I just go and play a couple of rounds of this, play it on easy mode today, fine, that I'm go it's going to lift my mood, right? That something really exciting and unpredictable may well happen. Something that could never happen on a video game that's not programmed into the possibilities, right? I may meet the girl of my dreams today, even though I'm kind of grumpy. I might just go and say, hey, looking nice. And she's like, hey, what's your name? Huh? Huh? And then I go, oh, sorry, I didn't sleep very well last night, but um, you're really cute. What's your name? And I do a bad approach and it works because of conditioning myself that, cool, I play this game every day. Just like you don't usually have to convince yourself to play the video games, right? Because there's an impulse to it. There's an excitement about the little dopamine hits. Well, all those dopamine hits and way bigger ones are available to you out here. Right? And it starts with easy mode. Hi, what's your name? 
looking good today, you know, just passing out comments. And then, it, and then I move it into, okay, I'm playing the real game now. I'm going to get into a conversation and at the end of it, if she doesn't walk away, I'm going to ask her for her phone number no matter what. That's one of the points that I need to get. So I go through my six or 10 little levels and then I go, anyway, I got to run now. Can I have your phone number? It doesn't need to be perfect. I need to repeat those words to be able to like put out my intent and ask for what I want. And if I haven't done that very often in my life, if I've only asked a girl out four times in my life, every time I do that, I'm going to be stumbling over my words. I'm going to be bumbling and Hugh Grant about it, which is actually not appealing no matter what rom-coms tell you. And so, and so I'm going to get way more rejections. Whereas if I played that game where it's like one of the rules in my game, once I go over there and I speak to the girl and I try and go through those things, let her know what I'm there for, find out some stuff about her, let her know some stuff about me. And most importantly, if we kind of like each other, maybe even a bit, I'm going to see if I can see her again, right? So I move through those points and I know that every time, it doesn't matter if I think she will or won't give me the number, I think she will or won't flake. That's not how decisive men operate. They're like, can I have your number? Even though I'm 80% sure she's going to say no. And eight out of 10 times at that point she does. And two out of 10, she says, yes, cool, worth the effort. So in this way, you can take these aspects of points, of player upgrades, of uh, mastery of different types of environments and skills, and you can move it into the real world and it does become play. It does become fun, believe it or not. Yeah, I've been doing this a long, long time. It's not always fun. I've certainly had days and moments where I'm like, fuck this. But for the most part, this skill set, as I said before, has been one of the most valuable ones I've ever learned. It's meant that all of the relationships that I've ever had happened. You know, it's meant that uh, all of the lovers that I've ever had have happened. It's meant that I've, I've met all sorts of fascinating and interesting people because I saw someone, I remember seeing Gareth Jones on the other side of a conference room at a pickup conference and he looked cool. And I went, well, just walked over to him and said, hey man, you look cool, what's your name? And now we've been friends for over 10 years. Right? So just from those little moments of, of being able to reach out, connect with strangers, make an impact has created the life that I, that I get to lead as opposed to the, the one where I was stayed as an int- a shy introvert because that's how I am and that's the level that I can play on, which I used to be. And I just stay there and I'd still be in Canberra. I don't know whating at the moment. So I hope this helps, gentlemen, to give you a bit of a, a mindset shift or a perspective to recognize that what you lose from the use of video games, screens, digital sexuality is not just your time. It's that you are pouring your masculinity into these gaping holes that don't really give you anything in return except for little spikes of dopamine excitement. Is that worth it? Right? When, 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 you start, when you, it starts to accumulate over years, it means that over the course of your lifetime, of your waking lifetime, that maybe you end up spending 20 or more percent of your life doing that. I don't think that's good enough. Right? That's, that's not, I would say that is not a life well lived. Have your distractions. We must. Give yourself the time to veg out, fuck around, play video games, smoke a bong, fucking lie on the couch for half a day. Sure, definitely do those things from time to time. I am not a fully optimized human being. I'm not effective at all moments at all times. I allocate time for just chilling, right? Without any points, without any game, for spending good time with people, for being in nature, for eating and cooking good food. You know, like, okay, for vegging out and watching a bunch of YouTube videos about permaculture or ancient history, because that's the kind of thing I like to do when I'm wasting time. Sure, absolutely do that. But be really aware of how much time and energy that you are putting into that. And what is the opportunity cost of that? When I could be playing the real game and getting the real wins, 
you've got to ask yourself, how much time do you want to play the fake game? And that's it, gentlemen. Hope you enjoyed. James Marshall from The Natural Lifestyle signing off, and I'll see you in the next video. Thanks so much for listening to The Natural Lifestyles Podcast. Check us out on YouTube at The Natural TV. See you on the next episode.